Hi, Jen. Hello. I mean, I think I feel like we just have to, for perpetuity, do these cheesy hello. I don't often have the energy when we record them, I will be honest, but we're doing this a little <laughs> earlier in the day because when we normally record, we were both not feeling well, so we had to reschedule. Oh, don't remind me. You with yeah. the migraine and me with the ear infection like a toddler. Yeah, good times. Yep. Yeah, but so, so good. Here we are, ready to launch another episode. And I think we basically have this week and then next week, and we're going to take a little break and come back in 2023. Yes. Yes, which is wild that it's already 2023. I had the sleepover party that I've been talking about. Mm, and, how was that? Uh, crazy, crazy. So fun. Everyone had a really good time, but um, the girls who fell asleep last Say they saw 3.30 a.m. <laughs> was Matilda one of them? Yes. And they were up at 7.30. Oh, that's lovely. So, yeah. Good times. Yeah. That sounds, I don't know, not so fun to me. Yeah. And there were just, yeah, a lot of them. And there really just is this pitch that only girls under like 11 can reach. And they like to all do this kind of squeal at the same time, like all together. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a lot of that, but I don't think I've lost my hearing. So there's that. I've got that going for me. I mean, that's huge. (laughs) That you didn't lose your hearing. It was noisy. It was noisy. Yeah. All good. I bet. Until next year when she's probably going to want to do it all over again. And you're going to be like, no. No. I know. We did like, uh, we played truth or dare with like questions that I had vetted mm-hmm. already. Yeah. And they like painted nails and we did a craft and it was all good. Well, that's good. I think that sounds fun. Yeah. We're kind of all feeling healthy. Like I will admit, I still am not a hundred percent. The plague definitely took over our house for a few weeks. Yeah. But uh, we finally saw Wakanda Forever, which new Marvel movie. Okay, because I don't even know what you're talking about. All right. Uh, It's the Black Panther sequel. And I had read that it was very griefy because I imagine that you know Chadwick Boseman, who who played Black Panther. It was a big deal last year, last August, he died. Yes. So... Obviously, like, he was supposed to be in this movie. They had his character die at the beginning of the movie. And a lot of it is actually his sister and mother grieving. And, like, their process within this, like, universe and story and and all of it. um, Which was really interesting and really sad. And, like, I cried a few times and we left. Mm -hmm. And, like, Logan was like, Mom, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I am. I go, I think that was really sad. Like... You know, it it still ended in like a positive Marvel way and all of that, but it was definitely um, interesting, like the levels of it. I think most movies had like, even the Marvel movies have a lot of different levels of trauma and things like that. But this one definitely did. Like there was intergenerational trauma, there was grieving, there was loss. I don't know, it was really interesting. 
to watch. Uh, I, I honestly think I enjoyed it more than they did. I think it was not, it wasn't inappropriate for them, but I just think a lot of it went over their head. Yeah, maybe. I haven't seen it. We're not really like a Marvel family. Yeah, no, but it was like the Mar- the Marvel logo at the beginning of their movies. It usually shows like clips um, from past movies and like comic strip stuff. Like, you know, when a movie company's logo goes up and like sometimes it's like flash. What anyway, mm-hmm. it was all shots of Chadwick Boseman. So like even that was, it was oh. definitely very much an homage yeah. to him, which was amazing. Yeah. It's nice that they, you know, that they honored him in that way for sure. Exactly. Like, cause he was, you know, it was just, it was, it was nice. It was a big deal, but it was nice. And I'm glad we got to see it. Normally we're like opening weekend movie kind of goers when it comes to a big movie like that. Um, we were all sick, so we couldn't I that. love how you're like, when it comes to a big movie like that, I'm like, I've never even heard of it. <laughs> I mean, I can say categorically that that was a big movie opening, despite you not hearing about it, but I more meant like movies that are big for us. <laughs> well, you know, I teach grade five and six or whatever, and I ask them, I guess, dumb questions sometimes, and I tell them, I'm like, I'm not cool, guys. I'm not cool. I'm like, I want to be cool. I want to know what you're talking about, but like, I'm not, so bear with me, and I hope that they appreciate it that I like show interest in what they're doing, but they were like talking about following people on Spotify. I'm like, you can follow people on Spotify. Oh, Tisha. Yeah, you can. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. So I mean, you are also an Apple person, so you probably don't use Spotify. Correct. That is true. Yeah, that is true. But anyways, I can't think of them off the top of my head, but I have, many examples of stuff that I have said like that in particular to like the grade six kids. And yeah, I think they just laugh at me. (laughs) I'm just like, guys, I'm not, I'm old. I'm not cool. Logan has never mentioned anything (laughs) to me. So I don't know, but this week is black Friday for those shopping folks. And so I thought that we would offer a discount on our merch site. Yes. That I just um, put in there. So starting today, you can get 15% off our merch site just by shopping there until the 28th. So from November 23rd to November 28th, you can get 15% off everything on our merch site. So when you shop the merch site, it supports the podcast and you get some, you know, arguably pretty cool stuff for gifting, for keeping, for any of it. What I want to know is I'm trying to look it up because I am going to ask you what is your favorite item in the merch shop? Oh man. The healing is hoodie. Oh yeah. Okay. That's a really good one. I really like that one. Yeah. And I think the healing is messy, beautiful, chaotic, wonderful, painful, possible. You can get that on a mug, on a sticker, on a notebook, yeah, or on a hoodie. So yeah, I mean, that's got to be one of my faves too. And the trauma doesn't define me. I like that t-shirt yeah. too. I'm also just like, I'm a lover of the stickers. The stickers are great too. I like, I want all of them. <laughs> um, we literally have an order. I want all the stickers. <laughs> I want all the stickers and more. Yes. I still want a sticker that says like it's not about the beans. And it's not more. about the beans. Yes. We yeah. have to do that. I just want all the stickers. I want all the stickers. I know. I know. <laughs> if you have a favorite quote from the show, from like something that was said, email it to us. 
or DM mm-hmm. us or whatever mm-hmm. so that we know. And and maybe it'll be a sticker. Maybe we'll make more stickers. I don't know. We'll see. You know, it depends how much I feel I need to procrastinate from whether or not I will sit there and design <laughs> something. Well, I'm avoiding doing something. That's essentially <laughs> when that stuff happens in, in my world. But this week we are releasing Karima's episode. Yeah. So sweet. She's so sweet. She was such a sweetheart. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there are some similarities between Karima's story and Anessa's, but they're still like quite different. That's just the way it is. Right. And like the more we tell these stories, we do sometimes see these sort of common threads throughout them. And yet every story is so unique. Absolutely. Yeah. So I hope that our guests enjoy listening to Karima as much as they enjoyed listening to Anessa. And if you haven't listened to Anessa yet, go back and do that. Yeah, for sure. And Karima's episode is the fourth episode in our Bad Boyfriend Month. I don't think and we realized when we picked November for this that it was a five Wednesday month, but it we is. did not. Yeah. So we're working on an episode for next week. Yeah. It'll be the last <laughs> one in the Bad Boyfriend Month. So we hope you've enjoyed this little series. If you also, if you have ideas for like theme kind of months, we would love to hear them. It's always fun when we realize we have either episodes recorded or booked that work together in this way. Yeah, for sure. Cause we've done a body acceptance month before we did a month focused on motherhood Yeah, and now we're doing this bad boyfriend month and it's kind of fun. Just switch yeah. things up a little. I like so it. yeah, hope to do some more theme months. Enjoy the episode, guys. Hi, and welcome back to the Now What Pod. I'm Jen. And I'm Tisha. Thank you so much for joining us again today. We are going to be talking with Karima, who is joining us from DC. She works for a nonprofit organization and she's also a mother and she spends her free time making TikTok content, which is how I discovered her and asked her to be on the show and just hanging out with her friends and engaging in self-care. So we're going to talk about all of that. And she's going to share a little bit of her story with us today. So thank you, Karima, for being here. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Welcome. We're excited. So I found you on TikTok, I guess. We get guests two ways. One way is people just apply to be on the show, which we have an application on our website, on our Instagram, whatever. So people sometimes just apply because they want to be on And then other times we reach out to people because we're looking for certain types of stories Mm -hmm. and we really want to make sure that we're sharing diverse voices. So it's important to Jen and I that we're not just sharing like the white Christian middle-class perspective, but that we're getting people from all backgrounds and cultures. So sometimes we have to go digging to find people. (laughs) because mm-hmm. we're very white and very middle-aged <laughs> I know you guys are funny so that tends to be like a majority of our applications we're like no come on let's find other people well I love that I love that you guys want to diversify the pool you know who you guys speak with yeah I mean it's important it's not just I don't know you don't I, you also don't want to speak into a vacuum yeah and I feel like we almost by having this platform and having it mostly being people like us who listen 
in some ways it almost feels like more of a like desire or responsibility because you can expose somebody who might not be aware or care about a story that's different from their own or lived experience that's different that, mm -hmm. you know, we can offer that, which is kind of yeah. cool. Mm -hmm. And that's the beauty of sharing stories, just that people can connect with each other and learn about each other. And like, it really does have the power to bring people together. So anyways, here we are with you. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and where your story begins. So a little bit about myself. So like that's such a hard question to answer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but I'm 26. So I'm fairly young, but I'm definitely, I feel like I kind of had to develop fast due to just like my experiences. I think getting married so young definitely shaped me mm -hmm. and a lot of my values and how I kind of navigate <clears throat> throughout life. So I do feel like that's why I am where I am today. And I have the things I have because I had to kind of, you know, rush through that process of maturing. But I would say I'm a very different person than I was here. I've changed a lot. And I would say at this point in life, I feel like I really do know myself. I definitely value myself. I value healing, development, all of that on top of just like, you know, me being the type of responsible adult that I am and mother and I just try to pour into myself and my son as much mm -hmm. as possible so and in terms of where things started you know I I do think getting married at 18 definitely shaped a lot I'm not gonna say it was like the worst decision ever but it definitely changed the trajectory of my life as mm -hmm. a whole I'm 100% sure my life would have been <clears throat> different if I didn't get married young but I wouldn't say nothing came good came out of it but I just want to say that I think it was just also the circumstances at that time like it was kind of encouraged to get married so young and the religious community I was part of back then so I thought I was really doing you know the right thing mm -hmm. and were your parents your parents were encouraging you to get married as well so actually no I was part of like a really strict Muslim community after I graduated high school. So I okay. was I was born into a Muslim family. My mom is religious, but I would say she's like super strict. And my dad at the time wasn't religious. But I don't know why, like at that time, I just was on like this super strict religious spurt that really wasn't raised that way. But at that time when I graduated high school, I just was engulfed in a community. It, it was almost like you can't be a good Muslim woman if you're not married. It was tied hand in hand. But, you know, looking back, that doesn't really make sense. It's interesting. I feel like the more common stories you hear of people that grow up in really strict religious families, like rebelling after the fact, like when uh, probably around the same age. And then here you are not growing up very devout or religious and then reverting back into that. Yeah. Then. Yeah, but it also makes sense to me that those things happen like around that yeah. same age where yeah. you're, you're looking for your identity and you're looking for, you know, your community and you're trying to find your people. And then you find this place where you're accepted. And in that case, it was a like a religious community for you. I think like when we're young, we're just trying to find, figure out who we are and figure out where we belong. No, I agree. I think that's a really good point. And I do think that has a lot to do with why I was so devout. Because again, I was not really raised that way. I'm not going to say like I wasn't 
raised like with any Muslim values, but <clears throat> I was not raised devoutly at all. But I do think it had a lot to do with me just being in that transition period of learning where I belong. And I'm also biracial. So I think that kind of all was a factor as well, because I found myself trying to identify with my Arab side a little bit more when mm-hmm. I wasn't always connected to that side. So I think it was just a lot of factors during that time period. Yeah. So how did you meet your husband? And was um, he also a teenager? He was a teenager. So he was 19. I was 18. Okay. So, yeah. We were young. We didn't know anything. We met at the, the mosque. For those of you, I don't know if you, everyone knows what that is, but that's like basically where the, like a Muslim church, I guess you would. Yeah. So that's place of I, worship. Yeah. Place of worship. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that's where we met. And you started dating right away. Like were your friends? Did you have common friends? Were there like mixers? How did it work? Since, since they clearly want you kind of married young. Yeah. It was like a mixer and I met him and I don't know. I think about that day. I don't know. I just, I felt like, okay, he seems like a nice person. He was young. And I don't know. I just was like, okay, maybe we both want the same things. Because he seemed like he was looking for a good Muslim wife. And I knew I just was looking for a good Muslim man. I didn't think about anything else. I wasn't thinking about money. I wasn't thinking about anything. Because you were 18. <laughs> and I, in right. my mind, I thought if, if he's a good Muslim man, of course everything will work out like why wouldn't it which is something I think a lot of Muslim women overall whether they have this identical experience with me or not they do believe that as well they think if they're a good Muslim then everything else will fall in line but that's not the case you need to be able to relate to that person as well I think when I think when you're 18 though it seems that simple even if you're not speaking in those terms but we're in love Right. Why do we need anything else? Everything else will work out. Like they're a good person. I'm a good person. You know, brain is still freaking forming. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I agree. That's why I, I say that all the time. Like at 18 and 19, we did not know anything at that time. So mm-hmm. we were just kind of going on a whim. I mean, there's studies now that say even for you at 26, things are still kind of like getting Coming into together. place and everything. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. I mean, I I believe it. And having lived it, like, I believe it. (laughs) I think it's still happening. I was just going to say, I don't know. It might still be coming into place for me now. And I'm 20 years later, it's still happening. So, how long between when you met him to when you married or decided to marry? It's going to sound crazy. All right. I'm ready for it. Three months. Three months. From the time that you met till you were actually married or till you were engaged? So we got married and moved in together. Oh, wow. That's fast. Yeah, it is. Which is kind of common, though, again, for like people in those type of communities. I'm not saying not everyone, but I will say. It's not unheard of. Yeah, it's not unheard of. So what what was going on with your folks? Were you living at home? I was. I was living at home. Um, So my father was not happy about it. I mean, he thought. It would be good for me to get married young, but just not to him. He never really thought it was a good idea. But I thought, in my mind, I thought he was just kind of being like, what's the word? Biased towards him because he wasn't Arab. So in my mind, I justified it as that, even though he told me other reasons why he didn't think it was good. But I feel like I was just making it my, in myself. I was just justifying it. He doesn't know what mm-hmm. he's talking about. I This can't be wrong, you know? So... And then my mom, I feel like she was just kind of like, if it makes you happy, 
I don't know, but which yeah. wasn't really the best advice. But do you have I siblings? Know. I do. I have a brother. I feel like he was kind of like the same as my mom, where he was just like, if it makes Maybe. you happy. I mean, I could see from your mom's perspective potentially like if your dad is so against it not wanting to lose the relationship with you or cut ties by having a really strong opinion mm-hmm. yeah I, I I could see maybe feeling that like you know it's that whole good cop bad cop kind of thing you know if you're both bad cop then she's gonna marry this guy and leave us and we're never gonna see her as a parent I would worry about that mm-hmm. that's a good point um, I think I think also just that's my mom's kind of personality overall, though, towards a lot of stuff. Right. I think she's definitely more so like, you know, like just, eh, you know, whatever happens, happens. Yeah. Um, and sometimes parents also think like we have to figure things out on our own. So mm-hmm. sometimes their parents are like, OK, if it makes you happy, because she's probably not going to be able to stop you. Mm-hmm. No, I was I'm very hard headed. So she could kick up a fuss and tell you she hates him, but yeah. you probably still go through with it and then just be upset with her for trying to stop it. Yeah. It's a tough position, I think, to be in, too, as yeah. a parent. And if you seemed happy, then, you know, let's hope for the best. Mm-hmm. Right. So you did get married. Mm-hmm. And I would say that, too. I, I think you said something about she would maybe think I would be upset, but I would say it definitely caused the rift in me and my father's. You know? I see it even with my own parents and, and, you know, I don't, I don't have my husband, but I just, I can, I see that like you try to, as a, as a couple with a child, you try to balance it out. And, and as you get older and more independent, you getting married is like you leaving the family. And so as the mom, you don't want your child to leave and not want to come back even for visits or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what about your so your brother too he was just kind of like i mean so my brother <laughs> so my brother he actually was kind of he was also in like a strict community as well so i feel like for him it was also like well you're doing the right thing the right thing yeah mm-hmm. so. so did you go to the same mosque as your brother at one point i did but eventually i didn't but it was okay. still kind of the same concept. It's not too many like mosques in the DMV area. So they're all kind of connected in a way. That makes sense. So you did get married. Mm-hmm. Yes, I did. And what were those kind of early days like? Like you're 18, mm-hmm. probably never lived on your own before? No. And now you're married. Yeah. Yeah. I would say as crazy as this sounds, I feel like I knew, so we were married for years, but I feel like within that first six months, you know, I knew that something wasn't right, but I feel like all I heard was be patient. And that's all I kept hearing throughout the whole time was be patient, be patient, be patient. Everything is be patient. But eventually it was just like, I can't, you know, but I feel like I knew in the beginning something wasn't right something wasn't right what were some of your clues if you don't mind sharing I think I realized the reason I did get married was really just me thinking he was a good Muslim and when I saw like in the home that that wasn't the case and that that also kind of tied into character traits that I had no idea existed it just made me feel like I was lied to which again a lot of stuff kind of just came out and it was like yeah this isn't the person I thought I was marrying. 
like at all. Right. And I think- you hadn't known him very long before you got yeah. married. So it does make sense that as time went on, you're learning more and more about them and seeing deeper well, and into who they are as a person. And you're sharing common space where like you didn't yeah. before you got married. And I think I also like lost myself. So when I graduated high school, I definitely was like involved in a strict muscle community and all that. But I was in college. I did have a good job, had my own money, was very independent. I had my own social circle. I was very well known on campus. I was a newspaper editor. Like I was doing the thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So even, even though I was like a reserve Muslim, I still had my life. But it's like when I got married, I lost all of that. And I just became someone's wife. Right. Because you had to, because he wanted you to, because you felt like you needed to. What, okay. Like, why? I feel like he made it me think I should. Mm-hmm. But when I look back at it, I think it was just kind of like manipulation in a way of to make me think I'm doing the right thing as a Muslim wife to only focus on being a Muslim wife when that's not the case. Like there are there are people who can do both. So it was really him wanting me to. But I didn't see it at that time. I didn't see that. Yeah. Well, as women, we contain multitudes. And I feel like societally, we're not allowed to. Mm-hmm. Or we feel like we're not allowed to. Or the men around us make us feel like we're not allowed. Like, there's all these factors kind of acting on you, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That don't help. And especially, I think, probably within the strict community with very like clearly defined roles and responsibilities that's just another thing that's acting upon you and impacting mm-hmm. how you like go about the world yeah yeah it's also interesting to me that the message you were getting is like be patient because you know and that makes sense you didn't know them for very long you're just getting to know them like be patient you'll learn each other's ins and outs. It's hard when you're first living with somebody, you have to learn the little things that they do and learn to kind of work together and find your groove. As someone who's married, I can say sometimes that takes a while. And sometimes my husband still does things that drive me crazy. (laughs) Right. But there is a big learning curve. So I could see why people might be saying to you, Oh, like be patient. It will come. And Mm -hmm. you're also, I'm sure feeling that pressure from like your religious community that I can't just up and leave. But you know what? Maybe it was also me because I don't think I was fully transparent about a lot. And I do think I hid a lot of things for years, honestly, not even just in the beginning. I hid a lot and I wasn't fully transparent. So maybe that was a factor as well. But I feel like it's because it was a lot of shame associated with it. It was like we're always in like that community. It's kind of like don't ever say anything bad about your marriage ever. So how do I know if this is normal or if this is toxic? Like, how do I even figure that out if it's just like, keep everything silent, don't say anything and just be patient and that's it. So I think it's a difference between just being patient and just seeing stuff that is clearly just not normal and like goes against your values and your character, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and I think that's just the thing. And I also feel like if you've seen a healthy, if you've seen healthy marriages, you'll be able to know that. Right. Do you think your parents' marriage, like, did you, did they, as far as you're concerned, and mm-hmm. you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, do your parents have a healthy marriage from an no. outsider's perspective? No. Well, they, they, they were not married, like, by the time that you got married? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. All right. So, no. So, obviously, no. <laughs> yeah. So, 
yeah and then i would say and the rest of my family because i'm not really connected to my father's side so i haven't really interacted with them much but my mom's side is american and i would say i never really saw marriages it was just like long-term shacking up relationships which again i don't judge that nothing wrong with that but i just never saw like a long-term healthy marriage Marriage. Mm -hmm. that was Mm -hmm. long-term and healthy so right yeah that will impact what you think is so then how do you know as a married woman Yeah. And that's why I said, I just didn't know. And I was just told be patient. And then I also felt like in the beginning when I knew something was wrong in a way, I also felt, I mean, I was probably being stubborn, but I was like, I don't want to prove my dad. Right. Which was, (laughs) or I didn't want to prove other people because I would say my mom's side of the family as well. They were pretty against it. So they thought I was like crazy, especially because like they're not Muslim. So they really didn't understand why would someone do this? You're 18. Yeah. Especially the last thing you want to do is prove your parents and family right. Yeah, I was very hard hit it. So I just didn't want that. But at the same time, I think I could have dealt with that shame, like looking back at it. I don't think it would have been that terrible, but I refused. I'm going to make it work. I'm going to prove them wrong. Yeah, I can see that instinct. What were some of the differences in values and and issues that kind of came up once you guys were married and living together that stood out as being like, okay, this feels problematic? I would say the first thing I noticed was him kind of stripping me away from everything that I would say that was the first word flag. Yeah. So he didn't want you doing the newspaper at school anymore. And I was involved in like everything as student government. Like literally I was very known on campus. He didn't want me continuing school and purposely made it so that it was difficult. So he literally told me he didn't want me to work. So I quit my job. That was, a, again, I was only 18, but it was a decent job. It was a it was for the DC government. I was just working in the library, but still, it was a it's decent a government job. job. It, it was, paid you well. Yeah, for that time, I was okay, you know? And so I feel like he put me in a situation where it was like, you don't have to work. I'll take care of you. But then when it came to, okay, I want to continue school. Oh, you have to figure that out. You have to figure out everything. How are you going to do books and get there and all that? You know, move me somewhere where it was not public transportation because I grew up in the city, so I never really drove. I got around with the bus and walking, but then when we moved where we moved to, there was no transportation. So did not want to help with transportation. He just made that hard, which eventually I gave up on that. So I would say that was the first thing. And then after that, I would say just like constant, making me feel like I was crazy for feeling however I felt. Your feelings were invalid. Yeah. So I guess like gaslighting. And I would say like an example of that is kind of like, like I said, I had my own life before I met him, but eventually I lost all my friends too. So obviously it was just like, okay, I was expected to just be friends with his friends' wives. But one, like a few times I said, I don't feel like connections to them. Like I'm not really getting along with them. Um, I don't feel like I'm part of the group. Yeah. And he would literally say, well, I think it's you. And I'm like, no, I'm not the problem. I'm a nice person. I just don't feel the vibe with these people. Like I need my own life. For some reason, it was obviously me. That was the problem. So now was his family in this church as well? Or did he find it kind of come to it on his own like you did? So no, his family's not Muslim. So he was a convert. Okay. Okay. So he converted pretty young. I'm guessing you were living in more of a smaller community. Mm -hmm. yes I guess outside of 
like you said, there wasn't public transportation. So. Oh, yeah, it was like the suburbs. It was like, it was, it wasn't, it, driving is not far, but I didn't drive at the time because again, I grew, right. up in, I grew up in the city, like a lot of people in DC, if they grew up there, they don't get their license until like later on in life. So until they yeah, grow up and move to the it. suburbs. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And I would say his family was pretty much like hands off with our marriage for the most part. Okay. So they didn't have anything to do with it. But it's interesting that as you're describing it and then knowing what, you know, whatever knowledge I have about kind of abusive relationships is it's following that type of trajectory where you're being isolated from your friends. You're not going to work. You've been isolated from your school community. He's not saying you can't go to school, but he's made it impossible for you to go to school. And wants you to figure out your own transportation there, but also you don't work, so you don't have money <laughs> to figure out your own transportation there. Yeah. Like, I'm just putting that all together, right? Was that just an agreement that you were going to do that? Or was he, did he already have a home? Or it's just where you could afford to live? He, that's what he, it's like. He just decided to do it. Yeah. Okay. Like my, anything I needed was not a factor in gotcha. anything. Ever. Yeah. It was just what he wanted. Yeah. Right. And so when you would share your frustrations with your friends in the community, I mean, I could, depending on how you share it, I could see them being like, oh, well, this is married life and you just need to like get used to it and stuff, which is pretty messed up, I guess. But I don't even think it would be specifically within your community either. There's this ideal or idea that like you can't ever know what's going on in someone else's marriage and I think that's true but that you should need to like stay out of it Mm. and so I'm like sitting here wondering like how do you find that line or like how do you I don't know how to navigate it Mm -hmm. really because people don't really go deep with their marriage unless it's like really bad and even then they probably don't yeah I I think that was another factor I don't think one, I felt like, so when I did get married, we were in his Muslim community. That's another thing. I wasn't with where I was oh, okay. before. And again, I just didn't gel well. Nothing was wrong with them. Like, they're not bad people, but I just didn't, they weren't my type of people. And I feel like it was a very surface level connection I had with the people in that Muslim community. Very mm-hmm. surface level, just hi, bye, how's everything good? that's about it so it wasn't but so deep I could really go with them and then I lost all my friends because you know I wasn't myself you know which I do think you know people should pay attention to that you know when they do have friends that get to relationships or marriages like are they isolating it might not be because they don't want to be friends with you it might be because they're just really in a toxic situation but really no one knew like when I left when I left no one knew that my situation you know, was the way it was. But I would say there was one friend I made. Her brother's brother used to work with him a long time ago. And she was married as well. So at first when I met her, I was like, she's just going to be like one of these other women who I don't really get along with, but okay. But we actually became really, really close. And I, to this day, I say that me seeing her marriage and her family is what motivated me to one, see what a healthy marriage and family structure look like, mm-hmm. but also also motivated me to realize something is not right here. And I'm gr- grateful, you know, for meeting her and her family. What did you see in her 
family or in her marriage that you weren't seeing in your own? So she, her, her husband, obviously like they, they weren't as young as us, but they were still kind of young. I think she was like 18 and he was like 21, which again, that's still young, but Mm -hmm. I feel like, but at the same time, I feel like they just came from families that had a family structure and healthy marriages and were well connected. So I feel like getting married that young can still be, you know, have issues but I feel like Mm -hmm. we have that support and you have you both have seen healthy environments it's just different well you learn how to communicate in a healthy way if that's been modeled for you which gives you a better chance yeah so I would say like yeah things like that like what if there were issues it was resolved in a healthy way like and it will be times I'm like oh wow like you guys don't argue every day I thought that was normal like or like certain things like he had done, I thought, you know, this is normal. And I'm not saying she would just be like, oh no, leave that man. Like it wasn't necessarily like that, but it's just like over time, mm-hmm. just certain things, you know, it was just kind of like, I don't know if that's healthy Karima. And I'm like, I don't know either, you know, but yeah, I would say they definitely just knew how to communicate efficiently. And he was supportive of her. I would say that was a big thing too, that support. Like I never, I didn't perceive that, but like he was supportive of her doing things she wanted to better herself. You know, it was just Mm -hmm. overall, they both were benefiting from the marriage. It wasn't just one-sided. So eventually, I guess you come to a realization that you no longer want to be in the marriage. Yes. I'm guessing it was you that ended it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so, but before we get there, so. Okay. When did you have your child? You had your child in your marriage, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when did you have your child? Like, what was that like? Take us a little bit through, like, kind of, because those things in the beginning are not great, but you were being patient and kind of going with it. Like, did things get worse? I was, I think I was still in my first year of marriage okay. when I got pregnant. But I think it was towards the end. I had my son early, so I had him at, I had just hit the seven-month mark. Oh, wow. So I was barely out of six weeks. So, but my pregnancy was, like, really a disaster. It was, yeah, it it was just, and I feel like throughout my pregnancy, I knew, I literally, I don't know, I know I said I knew in the first six months, but I feel like during my pregnancy, I really knew, like, I did not want to be here. But at the same time, I felt like, you know, I should at least give my son a chance to experience having a father. So it was that guilt with it as well. But yeah, I feel like just in my pregnancy, we were moving around. And again, I wasn't considered, you know, when you have a baby, you know, you, things like, you know, being close to family, other stuff like that is something that's very important to consider, but that just wasn't a factor. So he probably, I, I would imagine, wanted you even further from family based on just how he was kind of trying to isolate you anyway and knowing that a baby would bring family to you guys yeah so I I eventually yes I was further um yeah yeah and yeah and I would just say throughout my pregnancy I just wasn't supported wasn't really you know 
I was stressed. I had a lot of things like I was stressed about. The arguments just continued. Like it that didn't change just because I was going through pregnancy. Then I was also mm-hmm. sick majority of my pregnancy. I had a condition called preeclampsia mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I didn't know until later. So it was just really a lot that I ended up having to go into labor early. That's why I had my son early. So it was just a really bad experience. And then I also found out in that time I had an old friend. We didn't really hang out much, but he tried to get at her during my pregnancy. Okay. Charming. Nice guy. And I'm just like, out of all the people in the world. This is someone I know and And care about. And yeah. So yeah, I would say my pregnancy was just, it was not ideal. You found this out while you were pregnant? Yes. Towards the end. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Did you confront him? I did. Did he admit it? No. And then I showed, and then I had proof, and he still, mm-hmm. then in his mind he was just justifying it, and I'm like, how do you justify this? But in his mind he was able to justify it, and but eventually, after the baby, I don't know if it was real, but I mean he acted very remorseful and like he wanted it to be a new start, mm-hmm. and I believed it. I was like, you know what, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe the baby is a new start, like you know, so. That was what I thought at that time. And it might've been genuine. He might've been like, oh, like we've got a baby. I need to step it up and try to do a better job. Like that may have been true. It didn't last, I'm guessing. Well, especially if his family was kind of hands off anyway, it could read that some part of him wanted to do better by his own family. I do think innately he wanted to be a good father. And, And I do think, as crazy as this sounds, I could see that he wanted to be a husband, but he just didn't know. Yeah. Like, I know that, might, that may sound like I'm being too compassionate about him, but I do think, I just do think he did want that. Like, I don't have a doubt in my mind, but I just think he never knew how. And I think he had a lot of issues he had to figure out with himself. Well, I mean, and you guys were kids. You were kids having kids. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I just wasn't willing to stay and wait for him to figure it out, you know, like, mm-hmm. so, but I definitely think he just had a lot of work he needed to do within himself, like a lot of issues. And it's like all of his insecurities were projected on me throughout right. our whole marriage. So I feel like, you know, that's something only he can resolve, you know? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. And how much longer until you actually separated and what was kind of like the tipping point where you were yeah. like, I got to get out. Yeah. My son was, I think he was like one, uh, around one and a half. Okay. Or like one, one and seven months, something like that. One mm-hmm. year and seven months. It was, so I still was just like, I was just, you know, was unhappy, very unhappy, very unsatisfied with my life overall. And I think eventually seeing my son as he grew up, I just felt like I don't want my son to think this is how you treat a woman. Mm-hmm. So I would say that was probably the biggest factor. And mm-hmm. from that point, I just, you know, it was it was a long journey because I felt like, well, how am I going to take care of myself? I had nothing. I still didn't have a driver's license. I know that sounds crazy, but literally he never wanted to teach me how to drive, which is mind-boggling because what like that's crazy but I didn't know how to I didn't have a license I didn't have anything and I just felt like how am I gonna do this like I can't do it so I had a lot of feelings of self-doubt that it's no way 
I can do this. This is the life I chose. This is what I'm going to be stuck in forever and ever to the end of time. Mm -hmm. Eventually, my one day, I don't know what we argued over. I, I cannot remember, but it wasn't even something huge. But we had a two bedroom at that time. And it was like upstairs, downstairs, the upstairs, there was no heat at that time. He made me sleep upstairs where there was no heat and it was cold outside. It was like, it was like almost, it was like the fall, but it was really cold. Mm -hmm. So I was like freezing. And I don't remember why my brother came that day. I think it was just something like he was picking up something because I, I cooked a lot no back then I, I think it was just something normal he came by to pick up and he was like you're sleeping upstairs because he saw like the comforter and pillows he was like you're sleeping up here and it's like this cold and I was like yeah because in my mind I'm like I'm used to him doing stuff that just is mean to me I would say and then at that point, I still still wasn't the motive for me. I still wasn't going to get up and go. But mm -hmm. when my when he told my father that, my father said, "Make mm -hmm. her come to my house. There's no way she's staying there." Right. So I was forced, but I was happy I was forced because I still feel like I wouldn't have took that jump if my father wasn't mm -hmm. really like serious about come here. Like he mm -hmm. was just like, "I don't care what you say. You and your son come here." So you weren't resisting it too much. Even though it was dad's idea. I mean, I was scared. I was hesitant because yeah. it was that factor of this is the same person who told me not to be in this marriage. So it was definitely right. a, a pride thing for me. But at the same time, I was just like, this is crazy that I'm sitting out here sleeping in the cold. Yes. He thinks this is normal. And your husband was sleeping in the room with heat. Yes. Him and my son were sleeping downstairs in the room with heat. Yeah. And because he was mad at you, you had to sleep upstairs so was this kind of punishment par for the course in your marriage yeah I, like I literally don't even remember what it was but yeah yeah no it, it doesn't matter but that's punishing you yeah mm -hmm. and in a healthy adult relationship you don't punish the other person I think it's actually really amazing that your dad did that I do that you had that support because that's also part of the reason often that a woman will stay in a relationship that is toxic or abusive is that they don't feel like they have the family support. Like you said, you don't drive, where are you going to go? You don't have a job. How are you going to pay rent? But then you have your dad who's like, Hey, you need to leave. Come stay with me. I'll look after you or help you get your stuff back together. Like that eliminates some of those barriers that you had someone who was like, come and stay with me. Yeah. So you had a place to go and. Well, and in, in, I would imagine in his mind, he probably knew that you would likely not ask for help on your own. Of him, of him especially, right? Yeah. And overall, <laughs> that's how I am. It's just as a person, like I'm just very much, I mean, it's, you know, I'm not saying it's a great quality, but I just, people know that about me. I'm not going to ask. You have to literally drag me. I feel I feel you yeah. on that. I feel you on that. Yeah. Are you a Taurus? I'm, not, I'm a Capricorn. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Earth signs, man. Like. I know. <laughs> That's how we are. Yeah. 
Yeah. But no, I was definitely grateful that he was there for me, especially considering that he's the one who literally told me not to make that decision. And he didn't hold that over my head, you know, every day. I mean, of course, like there was times where it's like, well, I told you. It's like, okay, (laughs) but you know, of course, but I know I wouldn't be where I am in a lot of ways if he didn't help me at that Mm -hmm. point in time. Like, I, because mm-hmm. when I did go stay with him, he was in Virginia, which I never lived in Virginia before because I grew up mostly with my mother. But, and his, like, his home at the time was just better suitable for me and my son in terms of space and everything. So I went to a career development program in that area and he supported me fully, like, going there. Like, in terms of we figured out childcare in Virginia, we figured out, you know, I didn't drive. So he helped me get my license and he, you know, made sure I finished that program that year and had no, you know, issues really with that. So I feel like him really supported me through that program Mm -hmm. is the reason why I, you know, am where I am today. That's amazing. Yeah, that's great. I love your dad. There's lots of dads who would not do any of that. Yeah. So I don't know your dad. I've never met him. I'm sure he has his flaws too, because we're all human and flawed, but yeah, I think it's really great that he, that he did that and, and helped support you. What was your husband's response in all this? Yeah. When your dad said to your brother, get her, make her come here. Did you just like go? And then what happened after that? I think, I don't know if I went that night, but pretty shortly. It was, it was pretty shortly. It was pretty, it might've been the next day. Cause I didn't really have that much stuff anyways, but okay. Yeah, but my husband's reaction, I think he thought I was just, like, being dramatic. Okay, okay. Like, like I was just going to be back at some point. Like, the next day or Or, a couple hours? Or, like, in a week, a month, like, whenever, like, I would be back. Okay, okay. So he wasn't really taking it seriously. So he wasn't mad at you? I mean, no, he, he... Definitely, I heard, oh, you're breaking the family apart, blah, blah, blah. But I think he thought I was just going to be back. Right. Yeah, deep down, he thought this is going to be short-lived. Yes. So when it came time, like, when it when you were like, I want a divorce, mm-hmm. you know, how did, how did that go? Like, what kind of, were there any, like, emotional ramifications from him? Or, like, what, what, what did he do? I would say in the beginning, he didn't want it to happen and he even went so far as to like justify it and say like because he lived like so he actually worked at a bigger mosque at the time and he was like a security guard there he like ran a security program he basically like made it known that the reason I wanted to leave was so that I could just go and be with other men oh wow meanwhile he tried to be with other women when you were pregnant cool and so yeah it was just like I think him being able to justify that to himself I don't know if that is the only Mm -hmm. way he was able to kind of cope with the divorce but he literally like that was literally the rumor he had around that community um and that's literally what he told me too he was like I know that's why you want to leave and so whatever blah 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 you want to break up a family just so you can be with other men and I'm like okay that's not why Maybe you're mm-hmm. just like not good to me. Is that, do you not think that's a factor? And so I don't want to be with you, but. Right, <clears throat> right. And did people believe him or do you think people knew he was just blowing off steam? 
I think people believed him because again, I was just known as his wife. Like the people in that community, they didn't know me as like me. I was just mm-hmm. his wife. So if they knew him better than me. I was just his wife. Well, and I feel like in a lot of these really strict communities across any religion, based on the, again, little that I know, it's not, I'm not any kind of an expert, but, yeah. you know, it's like, they're very patriarchal, mm-hmm. right? There's no space for a woman to be a whole human. There's no space for yeah. a woman to have wants and needs outside of what her man and her family mm-hmm. And if she does, then it's like that. It's a it's the the classic Madonna whore complex that we have across like everything. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. a lot of I don't know society in general, probably a lot of religions, a lot of places. Like a woman's identity when she's married is just that she's that person's wife. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I've I've told this before in here. I, I go back to it often. Like. You know, my my late husband was very liberal and we had a very egalitarian relationship as far as a lot of things go. But when and but we worked together and when we got engaged, oh, this is my fiance. And I'd be like, no, 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 like, like, cool. But like, we're at work. So I'm something else here. Yeah, I'm not just your fiance. So it, it's kind of this pervasive. <laughs> it's pervasive, right? Yeah, totally. <sighs> yeah. Um, so. So you, you got out, you got a divorce, and then, I mean, I would imagine, correct me if I'm wrong, that it wasn't the worst kind of being, like, exiled or cut off from the community because you weren't, never really felt connected to the community that you married into. It. Did it affect, like, could you not go back to your other church, like, if you had wanted to? Could you, like. Yeah. So I feel like that was also the thing where it's like, I was so far removed from the other mosque and my old friends. Like they were also just in different phases of their life at that point where they had finished their degrees and they were in their careers or starting. And then maybe they were getting married. Maybe they weren't, but either way, we were just in two completely different Mm -hmm. stages. I was in survival mode Mm -hmm. with a baby. Like none of them had babies. And so I feel like, it was that aspect, but also, like I said, like in a lot of these communities, sometimes they're connected where like some people, like it's the DMV is not that big. So like somebody knows somebody from a community. So I did feel very uncomfortable just overall, just going to these communities. And it, there was one point, because again, I moved to Virginia with my father, but when I had eventually moved back to the area that I was in Greenbelt, I remember running into this lady who knew us when I was married and she had, like, she was just like, how are you? And I was like, I've been good because she hadn't seen me in a while. And she had the nerve to, like, comment on, yeah, like, it's not good for the baby. You need to get back. And I'm like, you don't even know what I've been going through. You don't even know what's not good for the baby. Yeah, that either. <laughs> like, you don't know what's going on. Like, you see me. I haven't, I haven't been to the mosque here in so long. And the first thing you feel like you need to tell me is about you need to get back because it's not good for the baby and he's gonna grow up and not gonna you know be the best because of this and I'm like you literally don't like you don't we were never that close to begin with but for you to not see me in so long and do that I just was very turned off 
And I would say it was, it was a few people, honestly, that said things at that time. And there was one person, she apologized to me years later, but I'm just like, why do you even, I forgot you existed. Like, why are you apologizing to me? But it's like, you know, I feel like people really need to think about the stuff they say when people are going through times like this, because if you can't relate or if you don't have something positive to say or beneficial, then don't say it. Like, cause at that time, things that I had heard from people in those communities really like hurt me and like put me down. But it was like, again, years later, it was like two people that like came back and apologized. And it's like, by then I wasn't even thinking about it. Yeah. So, yeah. I moved on. <laughs> yeah. But it does say something that they at least owned or were able to see that unlike this other woman who was like, you know, this is just bad for the baby. Yeah. Right. Like not that it impacts you, but People don't often admit when they're wrong. Yeah, it is interesting that people reached out to apologize. Like, it makes you wonder what soul searching they've been doing of their or what has happened in their lives and maybe like what they're going through i think it's really hard for us just to think outside of ourselves when it comes to dealing with other people and just own that you don't know like you know if the cashier at walmart is shitty or whatever like okay, maybe your life's a little bit inconvenienced, but is it really that big of a deal that we need to get all angry and irate? About, you know, it's just like, you don't know what's going on in their world. Yeah, I definitely agree with that too. And I think that's something like over time I had to learn to like not take everything as a direct reflection of me. Like sometimes yeah. what people go through really is a projection and, you know, that's just life. I'd mm-hmm. say most of it is a projection, like the way somebody is responding to you, yeah. especially if it's negative, I would say that's probably what it is 90% of the time. Yeah, I agree. Like, is that person staying in their marriage because they think it's best for the kids? Probably. <laughs> and they're really actually miserable. <laughs> they want probably. you to be miserable too. Yeah. I feel like a lot of times that's what happens. So yeah. where are you now with your relationship with your ex-husband? So we we, we try to co-parent. I will say, I, I feel like before COVID, we definitely had a, well, I wouldn't say about a co-parenting relationship because we did argue a lot. But I will just say, I feel like he was more hands-on with okay. my son. Because again, I do think, I do think he always wanted to be a father. I, I, I won't take that away from him. I think before COVID, he had more stability in his life, which a lot of people did. You know, he had a townhome at that time. He had transportation, a decent job. So he was a more hands-on father. But after COVID, he basically lost everything. And he also moved in with his family, which was not a good influence on him and his you know, I don't know why, but him just being a father kind of decreased. And it's kind of been like that since COVID. I don't know if he'll be more hands-on like he was before. Mm-hmm. I will say we don't argue as much now. We do argue time from time to time, but I feel like the reason we don't argue as much is because I have to be very like rigid with him to where it's like strictly business. Don't talk to me about anything unless it's our child. Before, I feel like he was definitely trying to be in my business in terms of who I was dating and Mm-hmm. Very, and I feel like that was a lot of the issues for it was definitely a lot of like judging me as well because I was kind of coming out of that being a strict Muslim wife where I you know I wasn't covered anymore and you know and I'm not saying that one is better than the other I'm just saying at that time that's what I chose to do and I was wearing what I wanted to and I was 
you know, going out and doing stuff like, so it was a lot of that judgmental factor. So we had a lot of arguments regarding that and him judging me and if I was dating people, but I would say now I think he's just accepted. This is who I am. This is who I want to be. So I think, but he's also now that he doesn't give me a lot of mouth on that stuff. I feel like he's also not as hands on. Mm. Right. He's kind of like backed off in all the ways, including the ones that relate directly to your son. What is your relationship with the Muslim community now? I'm not like tied to anyone. Like if it's like a big holiday, I might like go to like some of the activities, but it would be more so like, you know, they have like kids stuff on like the big holidays, but I wouldn't say I'm like, like, I'm not saying I'm completely opposed to it, but I'm definitely, I'm definitely not like connected to one. You're not attending weekly. No. And even just like friendships, I would say like, I have like a variety of friends. So it's like, I don't know, like, I'm not necessarily like tied to any community. Right. Are you right. still friendly with that one woman who you, the one person you connected with through the mosque you belonged to when you were married? Um, or did that kind of have to dissolve? So I, we aren't friends anymore, but I still do keep in touch with her family. Yeah. Did you ever reconnect with some of the friends that you had before you got married? Like the friends you had from college? did but again it just I just feel like the dynamic wasn't the same like just our lives were just very different yeah. I think it's hard when you have a child and your friends don't but not just that factor but I think also like after my marriage I really was like finding myself and so I did like stop covering like mm-hmm. when I say covering I mean like I didn't wear the hijab anymore and I did start doing stuff like that most Muslim girls didn't do, even if they were grown adults. So I think it was also that factor of like, I was figuring out myself in my career. Mm -hmm. I had a baby, so I was in survival mode, figuring that out. And I was also just navigating, you know, what type of Muslim am I? Like, am I I someone who wants to be so strict or do I want to be someone who more so keeps like the core values internally and just being a good person? So I feel like navigating that and just like living life and doing things I didn't experience before, I just think we were in a different phase where a a lot of them, you know, again, they didn't have babies. They were already starting their career, finished college, but they were still, they were still practicing Muslims. So I feel like that was, we just had different lives. Well, they were allowed to kind of like go through that kind of self-discovery within the community where I'm sure it felt to you like being a practicing Muslim is why you were where you were. So it, for me, reads that you'd want to experiment with going like way far outside of that. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. If somebody was listening and is either in a really devout community and in a marriage that is celebrated by the community, but they're not sure if it's working for them. Do you have any advice or or maybe a, for a friend who is maybe a friend to somebody who they suspect is, is you know dealing with something similar? I would say for people who are thinking about getting married in like a community, I would say really think about where are you in your self-discovery journey? 
Like, do you really know who you are and what you want for your future? And the same for the person you're thinking about marrying. Like, do you think that that man is, you know, comfortable and where he is in life? And is he secure and confident in himself? Is he, you know, someone who supports you and someone who will be supportive of your wants and needs? And not just that, like, you know, religion can't be the only thing that ties you two together. Like, you guys have to really know each other as people first. Like, them being, you know, them being, like, a person that is, like, you know, good Muslim, Christian, whatever, that's just like the cherry on top. But you really should be looking at like, can me and this person really go throughout life together? Mm-hmm. We have things in common. Yeah. Like, do we have the same values outside of, again, the religion? Like, what mm-hmm. what do we really value as people? Like, that's very important because anyone can really look like a good you know, religious person, but that doesn't really have anything to do with who they are. Right. So I think that's a factor. And also look at how they treat others. That's my biggest, and I would say my biggest thing is look at how men treat their families. How do they treat their friends? How do they treat people when you go out to eat? Like, are they rude? Like all that stuff matters because I feel like, of course, in the beginning, they're going to be nice to you, but how they treat others is how they really feel just overall about Mm -hmm. treatment towards people. So I would say that's a big thing I feel like people should pay attention to. I just saw something the other day that reminded me of a conversation I'd had with another one of my mom friends, but it said like, if, if a person is not nice to the waitress server at, at a restaurant, they are not a nice person. I agree. Right. If they are not treating their family nicely, they are not a nice person. If the, if the only person they're nice to is you, they might be manipulating you. Well, yeah, like when a person shows you who they are, believe them. And yeah. That's really it. And it doesn't just, they're not just showing you to you. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes people, when they're trying to win over a, a partner, they only show their best side to them. I think sometimes pe- women will feel special. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, like he's a an asshole to this person and this person, this person, but he loves me. He's so nice to me. Like, I wish people saw him the way I saw him. But you have to think to yourself, like, why really don't a they person? Why don't yeah. they see him the way? Yes, I exactly. Yeah. I agree. If that's definitely a major red flag with anybody that mm-hmm. I've dated after him, like that's a major red flag for me. So I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, and in terms of like advice to people who are in marriages that maybe they're like questioning, I feel like, you know, just really ask yourself, like, can I deal with this for 30 years? You know, that's like looking ahead of time. Do I feel like this person will support me in being who I want to be in 30 years or where I want to be in 30 years? And if you have kids, is this the type of dynamic I want them to think is normal? You know, so I would say that. And then in terms of like advice to like people who have friends who may be isolating themselves, I would say like check on them. And I know that sounds very generic, but I feel like really reaching out and making sure they're okay. And even if it feels like you're, you know, some people may feel like, oh, well, they're just, you know, in their own world with their you know, new partner and, but still I would say just check on them because you really don't know. Yeah. 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 Yeah, for sure. And I think be available and not judgmental. 
And don't don't assume you know what's happening. Yeah. And don't take it personal because I think sometimes people can feel like, oh, she got someone and now she just forgot about us. But. Well, yeah. Like when you were talking about, you know, yes, he was kind of forcing you to cut off from your friends, but your friends probably stopped checking in because you were 18 and they're probably like, oh, whatever. Like she's not. She's got her man and she doesn't want anything to do with us. Like I definitely like had those thoughts when I was younger and and now as like an adult who has had that much more life experience Mm -hmm. it it can be more than that Mm -hmm. yeah I agree and it kind of goes into what we were saying earlier where like sometimes people's actions are not really a rejection of you but more so them so Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely so true what is dating like because you mentioned dating. Yeah. What is dating like as a single mom? Yeah. I would say in your 20s when most people – like mid-20s when most probably people that you're like looking to match with aren't in a position like you. Yeah. I would say it's been different over the years. So – when I was again like before COVID I feel like my son's father was a lot more hands-on so I feel like I was really able to I had more time you know okay more more free time because we kind of had like a 60 40 percent ratio of time with our child so I had a lot of free time so I was able to just like you know see different people and figure out what I like because I really did not know what I liked even before 2020 I didn't know so I feel like because I had that time where he had his son more I just was able to really date people and get to know them but at the time my, my purpose really was just to get to know them like I wasn't trying to lock anyone down because mm-hmm. I had a lot of things I needed to resolve within myself. So that was that. And I would say when our co-parenting dynamics kind of changed, I feel like that's when I was more rigid with my time that I spent with dating men, which also made me more selective. So I guess it was good that I, that I had less carefree time. So I feel like with that, I was just a lot more selective and okay, what do I, like at that point, I'm not just dating just for fun. At that point, I'm really like, I mean, I am dating for fun, but I'm just like, what, what do I really like? What do I want to entertain or not entertain? So, yeah. The perception of what is fun about it changes, I think, all yeah. the time when yeah. you have less time to commit to it. I mean, yeah. I, have, I have a rule that you have to show me that you're worth a babysitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, if I have to pay a babysitter have dinner with you, like, you need to be worth it. Yeah. <laughs> or make yourself available when my children are at school. Something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel like when you have less time and you have to consider your kids, like, you are very much, like, that person has to be worth it, so. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, if I could be, you know, spending this time that they're with a sitter or with their grandparents going out with my girlfriends and just, like, enjoying myself versus some awkward first date conversation. Yeah, yeah. And I will say, and I will say, like, the right person will be patient because I am I am in a relationship now and I would say like this is my first healthy relationship I think like he's a really good guy and I'm I'm happy that I was patient for this because I could have easily got just rushed into a relationship afterwards but I really took that time to like heal and learn what do I like and date and enjoy myself but I will say with him I feel like he has from the beginning been patient with like he even knew my co-parenting schedule 
he would be like, okay, so we can do this this weekend because his dad's going to have him. So right. I feel like that person, it'll just work out, you know? Right. So. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I like um, that. And I'm glad that you found somebody who yeah. is treating you the way you deserve to be treated. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Definitely. I'm grateful. And again, I'm like grateful that I was like patient. Like, I feel like that's what I'm like most proud of, like, because I feel like so many mm-hmm. people rush into things after these type of messy situations, but I feel like you really need that time. So, yeah. yeah. A lot of people just, they're used to being in a relationship. So then they rush into being, finding someone else to attach themselves to and fill that kind of void. Yeah. But as you said, you know, you had your own healing to do your own self-discovery to do, and that really sets you up to be in a better position to then yeah. meet somebody yeah and yeah. have a healthy relationship definitely yeah, yeah. awesome yeah. well yeah. thank you so much karima for taking the time to chat with us today no yeah. problem we appreciate that yeah I'm, I'm happy you guys you know brought me here thanks for listening to the now what pod if you've enjoyed this episode leave us a review your ratings and reviews help more people like you find our podcast Don't forget to subscribe and share this episode with someone you think would love it. You can find us on social media at the Now What Pod. Until next time, we're Tisha and Jen. Remember, your story matters and you do too.